welcome to the Max 6 Community Connections radio show and podcast with your host, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. Max 6 builds better communities where people and businesses thrive. We are broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, and we'll be shining a light on the incredible stories of businesses we work with and how they are serving our broader community. And here is this week's Community Connection. Today, we have three guests, Matt Archer, the owner of AZ Cactus Football League, Derek Parham, and Amy Parham, the team owners of the Phoenix Phantoms in that league. And it's just me. Jennifer Burwell is on vacation, so hopefully I can uh, be up to the task of uh, getting the story out for you guys and, and hearing more about what you guys have to say. So welcome to the show, all the three of you. Thank you. Thank you. So to start, I'm you know interested in just tell me a little bit about yourselves, each of the three of you. Where'd you come from? How'd you get to where you are today? It is a little more um, interesting, <laughs> so I'll let him start. Um, so I started in these leagues back in 1998, 99, sorry, 99, um, played all the way up through. And then we took over the team 2000 and 12, 2012, 2012 is when we took over the sting. And then 2013, we made the phantoms. Yeah. So here we are. Very cool. I was expecting a little more exciting. But, uh, no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, I, um, I've been in semi-pro for this will be my fifth season coming up and then uh, kind of been around football my whole life. So um, that's kind of where we are. We started the Cactus Football League two years ago, almost to date. Um, we were in a previous league and things just didn't work out. So we decided to jump out on our own. And thanks to Derek and Amy and a few other um, key teams decided to make the jump with us and now I, I'm proud to say we are the largest uh, football league in the state and hopefully in the Western United States here soon. So Very cool. So I guess let's start with uh, Matt. Tell me a little bit about the league. Uh, what uh, what does it look like? I mean, uh, I've done a little bit of research, but for anybody listening, you know, it sounds like there's everything from youth through semi-pro. Tell me a yeah. little bit about that. Um, so th- the first objective for us was to um, just run a better league um, in a sense and take cues from the owners um, and make sure that we're all, you know, on the same page. And then um, it's honestly, it's just every meeting I I seem to come up with bigger ideas and things I want to do. And so we just keep growing and growing and growing. So um, currently we only have the adult, um, the the adult league running active. Um, The youth programs are still kind of being structured and worked on because of COVID and, and, and that's a hard market to get into, especially when you have so many teams across, you know, the state, there's one group out of the West Phoenix has over a hundred teams and youth. And for us to penetrate that market, I felt like we have to kind of focus on the adults and work our way kind of down the chain. So um, we're currently partnered with um, Gaddis Gaines Elite out of Tucson, who's a nonprofit seven on seven developmental group. So that's some of our tasks. And then we have the youth programs and the teams that we'll eventually start incorporating over the next year and then uh, go from there. So, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. What about uh, what about being a team owner? I mean, what does that what does that mean? What does that look like day to day for for you guys, Derek and Amy? Well, if I didn't shave my head last night, you would see all the gray hairs that actually comes with owning a football team. Um, Ames, you want to take this one? It is 
the most selfless, aggravating, <laughs> non-paying second job you can have. Yeah, it's definitely for the love of the game. Absolutely. It, it is absolutely. Yes, you do not do this for any other reason than just because you love football. And we have a really great group, group of guys. And we just, we love doing it. So, so tell, I mean, for the three of you, I guess, tell me a little bit about that, the love of the game. And for, is it sports? Is it just football? Is it competition? Is it what it means for people's lives that are involved with it? What is, what is that, uh, that drive there? Um, I would actually say it's a little bit of all of those. Yeah. A little camaraderie in there, you know, still being a part of the game, even though you're not inside the white lines, it's still being in the game if you could. Very cool. I think for me, it's, it's about the mentorship and, and helping people achieve their goals. Um, I feel like if you're always shooting for your own goals, you kind of, people around you don't have the same motivation. So I, I, I'm a, contradiction when it comes to that because i'm always telling these guys i'm moving forward without you but in reality i want them all to succeed with me whether owning a team or having a player go to college or bringing a youth kid all the way from not having a dad when he was younger one of my protégés you know lost his dad when he was two so he's hasn't had that mentorship and i think that's something that a lot of team owners are trying to fulfill for some people it's just that uh, need to want to see them succeed so such is life right yeah that's yeah that's uh very good analogy. So introducing a uh, new member of the show here, Rami Kala, uh, uh, president of Point in Time. Uh, welcome to the show. And, you know, f- would like to ask you the question I asked in the beginning here of just uh, first tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I don't think you've met Matt before, no. uh, both members of the space and how you got to where you are today. How much time do we have? I'm just <laughs> thank you, uh, Kyle, for having me. Um, thank you. Nice meeting you guys. Nice Thanks for too. allowing me to be here. So I started my journey really when I was about 10 years old. You know, my father brought home one of those big camcorders that attached to a VCR. And and I just sort of took that thing and just fell in love with it, opened up the instruction manual, actually read the whole thing and, and just wanted to start creating films. So I brought my neighborhood friends together. I cast my parents, my sister, anybody that would be in my movies. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of known around the junior high, uh, grade school, and then junior high as the guy that made movies. So that was kind of how I started and was really passionate about it. I continued to do that all the way um, up into my uh, early 20s, was following kind of the traditional route, went to ASU, graduated a degree in uh, business management and entrepreneurship, I also a degree in Spanish, lived abroad, got this safe corporate job, worked at General Mills, um, was making great money out of the gate and just found about two, three years into it, I was really disenchanted. I really felt like I was being confined in that corporate environment in their little box and and it was really unhappy. And I kind of saw, you know, when you start thinking about retirement when you're only, you know, 22, you know, that's probably not a good sign. And, and I think one of the turning points for me was my manager said, hey, can you go create something, you know, really creative for this PowerPoint? And so I had explosions and animation and he was like, whoa, 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 that's like too much. I was like, you know what? Forget you guys. I need to do my own thing. So, um, you know, I, I had a, I was married. I had a kid, another one on the way. So it was definitely a hard decision, and nobody really supported me in that. I was tough, and my parents thought I was crazy, but I knew in my heart that the path I was on wasn't right. And so I, that was kind of the beginning of it. And start a point in time. It's been almost 19 years now 
that I've been doing my own thing. And I could imagine cool. doing anything else now. So sorry that was a long-winded. No, no that's, that's, yeah. that's how it usually is. I did that when I started my engineering firm. I thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. I left a big global company, you know, making six figures a year. And I was like, I'm going to do it on my own. Oh, that's you don't do that. And it's been like I just got absorbed by another company because I got kind of tired of the corporate stuff. And so, yeah. That's awesome. And now now they say that about the league. Right. <laughs> we were crazy to start the league now, you know, so. <laughs> it's a common story to some degree yeah. in these spaces is, well, we we're just talking about for the love of the game and mm-hmm. specific to football, but like we're crazy. We're going to go start something. You know, I'm going to do this with or without you. I want you in here and we're going, but, you know, yeah. because I love doing this, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Let's right. make something happen. Yeah. So. Rami, where can we see some of your work? And and uh, for you guys, where can we see your games? Yeah. Go ahead, Rami. I'll let you start with. Um, I mean, a good place to start would be our, our website. Uh, it's just pointintimestudios.com, P-O-I-N-T-I-N-T-I-M-E, studios, the S.com. But we've got some commercials running right now. We just redid uh, whole new spots for Parker and Sons. Uh, we have a whole new brand campaign. Uh, it's not Melvin. It's a new character. Oh. Uh, we're pretty excited. So you should see those airing here anytime soon. So we've got some commercials running, um, a lot of YouTube campaigns, um, but that would be a good probably place to start. So, yeah. Cool. I liked Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> we uh, You can see us at uh, azcfl.com is our website. Um, our actual games are live streamed through uh, Facebook right now, which is something that we're – I'm very excited about this show because that's my whole focus for the next six months in the league is just straight marketing. So that's why I'm excited for to meet you so we can start working. Today. I just brought a marketing director on, and we're kind of not lost, but we want to really focus on where we're going. Um, but all of our games from the last season are on there. If anybody wants to go watch them, uh, probably not as great as production as what you do, but we kind of winged it for our first year. But the goal, we realize, is that's where a lot of people are wanting to see. You know, we have a lot of out-of-state kids and stuff, so... Yeah, Facebook and just you can search um, Arizona Cactus Football League and it'll it'll it's one of the first ones that pulls up on Google. So I'm curious myself to hear what I couldn't read on the websites and coming from the people who are doing this for the love of the game, for the passion mm-hmm. that you know, whether you grew up with a football or a camera in your hand or or doing what you love. Tell us a little bit more about what do you guys do? If I'm a, a player in the league, what does it look like for me? If I'm uh <laughs> I'm looking for the new Melvin. Uh, uh, what am I asking you for, Rami? That what's that need you're serving? What? Tell us a little bit more about that. And you guys do such different things, but there's similarities. There's you know, in at least running a business, starting something you love, and being able to potentially work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. What do you guys do? I like to say I, I kind of call myself, pertain myself as the janitor. I'm always cleaning everything up, and that's kind of you know egotistical, but <laughs> I definitely do everything, and that's something that um, I'm trying to get out of. Like we brought on a lot of directors, we're giving some of the owners a little more say so on some of the things that happens in the league, just because I know I can't do it all. And then my business partner, he helps me behind the scenes too. So. Really, for me, it's about business development and the overall branding of the league. That's kind of where I'm trying to focus my attention. We do operate the operation side with the game day and employees and all that stuff. But I really want to, you know, delegate that to some people and just focus on the brand and growing all the teams. That's my next big kind of challenge is to make sure we get all the teams growing at the same level as the league. Because we have 24 teams currently, and I think we'll probably start our next season with about 22 
Derek thinks it's going to be about 19. I'm 19 being optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> they want it to be uh, 20 because we promised if we had 20 teams, we would buy the champions rings. So they're all, you know, so, but. That's um, a size 13, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Phantoms have been chasing the ring for a while. And, and this this last year was going to be their year. So um, I think it was, but. I um, do too. But yeah, that's that's what I do when it comes to the league is really just making sure that the overall vision is being executed throughout all the different levels. And um, it's a bit challenging from times. You know, I call Derek a lot and vent to him a lot. And and I know Miss Amy's always on the phone in the background listening too. So without them and a few other people, it's it's a it's a bit challenging. But yeah, that's what I work on. It's pretty much everything really. And and uh, Derek and Amy, I mean, same to you. And what does it look like to be a part of one of your teams? <laughs> Amy actually calls it adult Pop Warner. Yeah. <laughs> so anywhere on the team, you have you have a, a broad range of talent. Um, you have anywhere from fresh out of high school trying to get into college, college trying to get overseas or even NFL. Um, we actually had one NFL player who was injured trying to get back into the league on our team. And then we have what I call the Kim's. let his team to five straight football champions in high school, you know, the Al Bundys. There you go. So you have anywhere from high school all the way up to your Al Bundy, you know, was something way back 40 years ago who still wants to be a part of the game. So and and our job as as owners is to put you in the the right position, not just for yourself to be successful, but for the team to be successful. And that's the fun part. Get yeah. one of those rings. That's, that's a few of those rings, I guess. <laughs> Rami, same question for you. Uh, you know, I guess the the easy thing I know you guys do is uh, video work. I know you do so much more. Um, what all does Point in Time do? I'd say, you know, me personally, you know, I, I use my imagination. And, you know, I try to really foster that. I, I got remarried. I have a two-year-old at home, and we're constantly – you know, using our imagination, creating new worlds. You know, my wife thinks I'm crazy. And I tell her, you know, I'm exercising my brain for what I do. Um, because I get clients all the time that come in and say, hey, you know, I'm stuck. I want to create a commercial. I want to develop my brand, but I need some ideas. And so I'm constantly trying to flex that muscle and really just be a kid, you know, and think about things that, you know, as you use your imagination. As a kid, sometimes as adults, we lose that. So, um, you know, always trying to come up with fresh ideas. As a company, you know, we help people with, you know, videos that can be television commercials, YouTube videos, um, we do virtual reality experiences specifically, mostly for real estate. So we can create a building that hasn't been built yet. We can put you inside of it. You can walk the building, go to the pool, open the door. All of it is all CGI and it looks and feels very real. The wind's blowing. We got a Jumbotron, a football game on there. You feel like you're there. Um, and then uh, on top of that, we do 3D renderings and environments. So you know, for me, I got to touch VR about uh, six, seven years ago, and I'm sitting courtside watching LeBron play. And I said, this is it. This is the next thing of immersive media, interactive media. And I want to be at the forefront of that. So we got into it when a lot of people weren't doing it and there wasn't much money to be made. But luckily, I, I you know, banked on the correct uh, niche and it's really yeah. taken off. At fortune and fortune with COVID especially. So that's kind of overview what we do. So speaking of, that's a uh, <laughs> good segue. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you guys do uh, for your organizations and what you do to serve the, the clientele you work with. I imagine COVID has had an impact on uh, all of you uh, personally yeah. with the business, with the organization. What does that look like? I mean, what has been the impact of COVID 
I'm curious, you know, there's, I'm sure there's some change that's happened, potentially some negative things that have happened. Is there anything positive that's come out of this that you could say, Hey, I never would have done that if not for this. Yeah. Um, I think for us, it was, uh, exploring our, our, um, media platforms. Um, cause obviously we're, we've talked about it. We may not have fans in our season coming up, so we are going to have to figure out how to satisfy them. And, and to be very real, that's, that's where me and my business partner get paid is from the fans. Um, all the money, the team of players and that's allocated towards different things just to product the games. Um, so that's something that I'm, I'm optimistically cautious and hoping that we do get our fans allowed to come into the, the high schools again. But if not, then we're going to have to redirect all that and do nothing, but you know, we're gonna have to go to the media. We're gonna have to do a TV or something to where we can full production, you know? So, um, yeah. That's where I'm at. I know Derek. Derek's a little brokenhearted, <laughs> so I'll let him speak on him and Amy. So, yeah, this COVID thing has given me a whole lot of free time to do that honey list that I don't have free time to do. <laughs> I have a whole lot of free time to now do. So, uh, beside the kitchen and the backyard and the front yard and all these other projects, it's it's been tough, but. Uh, the good thing is I get to spend more time with my son. Um, I got to be a school teacher, uh, play po- uh, play toy, uh, jungle gym, you know, all the things that, that we kind of miss out when we're out of the house at work. I now get to do when I'm at home with him all day. Yeah. And your house looks really nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's getting there. It's getting there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. No, I would... Uh, you know, I was like kind of liking it to the first recession that I went through. You know, we've been in business for so long. It's like, you know, flexing a muscle or mm-hmm. exercising a muscle. You know, you go through things like that in 08, 2010, 11. And I thought, you know, why, God, why, you know? And now looking back, I'm really glad I had that experience because I don't think I'd have been prepared for COVID. You know, right when it started happening, you know, I took a lot of proactive approaches, you know, looking at our debt, looking at our expenses. And I made some pretty quick decisions you know, that allowed us to not only, you know, survive, but to thrive in this environment. Um, I, I almost fully expected, you know, business to really go backwards because that's what happened during the recession. But, you know, fortunately for this, I think people this time realize I still need marketing. Uh, the marketing faucet was turned off in 08. And now people are going, okay, you know what? I've learned from that. The more seasoned business owners, I need to continue to market my company. So we've had an influx of people asking for video and virtual reality and 3D. We really double down on virtual reality tours doing 360s because a lot of leasing agents can't lease their buildings because mm-hmm. they don't have access. They can't bring people in. So we're creating a whole online platform. People can lease their properties through from LA to New York. So, you know, I jumped on that, that really quickly and just saw a need and was proactive. So that, that's really helped, you know, having a, and having a really committed team that was willing to work remotely, you know, obviously we're not here in the office much anymore. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's been, been really good. So. I relate to what you guys said a lot, you know, all of you and how, uh, you know, you learned a lot. It, it both personally and business wise or professionally, I guess it, it caused a pause, at mm-hmm. least in the beginning of this and yeah. the reflection of uh, why am I doing what I'm doing? And sometimes that led to, hey, I can look at doing something a different way or we could serve a different clientele or do a little bit more of this. And I definitely resonate with the opportunity to have a little bit more time with family. Uh, at least in the beginning, it's kind of picked up and is crazy again right now. Yeah. But hey, just take a pause and uh, 
why am I doing all this in the first place is to have a great life, be able to provide a great life for my family, spend some time with the kids, uh, lots of chalk drawing in the backyard until they got <laughs> bored of that. And then, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, sports and stuff, but, um, yeah, it's been interesting times. I mean, yeah. we're resilient human beings, I guess though. Yeah. There's a silver lining. I have it, like I said, I have a two year old and I think he's used to me being home now. We're already really close. Yeah. But I mean, I'm like, all right, dad's going to work. And I just walk down the hall and go in my office. So, you know, it's like, and he'll be with the babysitter, dad, dad, you know? So, you know, it's having that time, like you said, with, with your kids is, you know, I realized, man, I was on the road a lot. I was flying out of town in meetings and now I do them all on zoom. And yeah, you know, I miss seeing people face to face, but I can get two to three times more meetings done in the day and still hang out with my kid. I'm like, okay, there, there's some positives here. So, yeah. you know. I had to go buy a special phone that has a mute button on it because I got three girls and they like to just, they're at each other's throats. I'll be on a call and mute, I'm screaming at him, unmute. Like, so it has been, you know, like we, we bought, we got the office here for our meetings and, and, you know, um, we, we haven't had a lot of chances to use it. And so, um, we have, you know, our owner's meetings anywhere from 20 to 40 people so it's like we got to have somewhere to house them so thanks to kyle and, and scott we're using the big five thousand square foot space in the next building for our meetings just to keep our stuff but yeah we've had to had to dodge and make some adjustments and you know um work on our relationships with the schools that's probably our next challenge what's going to happen with the schools how old are your so, girls um six nine and twelve oh i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> all girls huh? and they're all like me very headstrong very oh, um, efficient and want to do everything their own way. So when they, it's, it's an, it's a rough, I got all boys. I don't think I could do what you're doing. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, that's tough. one of each and a dog. And if my son yep. doesn't, you know, ride the dog into the room naked someday, something's wrong. So <laughs> yeah. it's a handful. I, was, <laughs> I even have a girl dog, so I'm, I'm totally outnumbered. I think that's why I own a football league. <laughs> Just so I can be around the guys. <laughs> so, for us, I mean, it's been interesting. You said your team's not here as often. You can look out the window right yeah. now in the room we're in. It's not as full as it has been in the past. And it's really made us reflect on what we do. And, and I said before the show, building better communities where people and businesses thrive. Mm-hmm. What does a community mean? We can't be in person all the time right now. Yeah. But, you know, we've got Amy on Zoom. You just around me talked about Zoom calls. Uh, we have ways that we can connect with one another. I know, Matt, you were on some of uh, Jen's mm-hmm. trainings uh, during this. And, and like, what does it really mean to be connected in the community? And it doesn't have to be just this relationship that has to do with how many square feet you're physically in, mm-hmm. but the relationships that we have with one another. I'm curious, I guess twofold, COVID-related and not, is who are each of you really serving? And and as I'm thinking about it, Rami, your client is whoever you're creating a commercial for, but really the end user is who's watching this commercial. And and for you guys, you're working with players who are on your teams mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, day to day, making them better, putting them in a position to succeed. But you're talking about fans showing up and having a team to cheer for. Like, who do you feel like are your real stakeholders that you're you're at the end of the day serving? I think for me, it's the players, ultimately, because that's why we started the league and, and transitioned from another league was to I was a, I'm a former team owner. So I've been in Derek's shoes, not as long, but I owned a team for a few years. So I, I've experienced it from a player, owner, league owner, 
the trash can guy. Like I've done every level within our football league and everything on a team. Um, so for me, it's the players because without the players, we really don't have anything. Um, and I think that's where we're struggling in pro sports right now is that we don't have players in a sense, like they can't play. So what are all of us fans doing right now? Like nothing. That's why you're having so many things going on in the world right now is because there's nothing for us to do. And I think that's ultimately where I'm going to try to really position is by bringing on the marketing and, and some of the stuff with our facility I'll talk about later. But we, we want to try to give those experiences to the players because without them, we don't have a league. We don't have teams. We don't have fans. Like the players are really who my end user that I'm trying to serve is going to be by offering them things they won't get anywhere else. So, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I I was going to say, I think I can speak for Amy when I, when I say our end fans are the players, families, and kids, Mm -hmm, you know, some of these guys went away for school and didn't get a chance to play in front of their loved ones. And now they're here fans in the stands, you know, they can just come watch their dad or their, their husband, boyfriend, whatever, play the the game of son. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We've had a couple of moms. (laughs) My son plays on the team. So son. Um, So they actually get a chance to be involved in the sport that they love at the time that they can still play it. Maybe not to the, to the the degree that they used to play, but they still get the chance to play. So I think ours is the, the, the kids. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that, you know, first we serve our, our customers, um, we really try to help them to tell their story. And that's really what a lot of people, you know, struggle with because, you know, I might have it in my head. I know my business, I know my customers, but it's hard for a lot of our clients. And that's why they hire us to be able to put that into a video and create a story from that. And something that's going to resonate, that's going to grab you by the heart. So if our customer comes and says, Hey, I'm trying to recruit some new talent. How do I do that? Well, let's talk about, you know, what's you know, like Simon Sinek, what's your why? Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you love this job? What's, what are you passionate about? How did you start it? You know, Brooklyn Betting was one of our clients and they had, you know, a really cool story. You know, the owner started doing uh, delivering mattresses. He was um, kind of the last minute mattress guy. He'd come to your house at midnight and have mattresses in the back of a truck and say, you know, what do you want? You know, and now they've got, you know, multi, you know, million dollar business mm-hmm. with huge facilities. But it was a cool story. So we actually rented a, an old truck and we had him recreate that story and had him, you know, driving again to get some of those B-roll shots because that evoked that emotion and say, you know what, I've been there. I've just started, you know, I remember when I started my business or I'm just starting now, you know, and you can connect with that. So really getting to understand who their customer is and create a piece that's going to resonate with them and connect those two together. So keep that thought. We're going to talk about yeah. that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Deal. So what does it look like? Let's start with you, Rami, this time. Yeah. What does it look like in the future? You guys, you know, you do video work, you do VR work, you got in early on VR. Um, you're doing some fairly, what feels to me, cutting edge. I'm walking in and people are wearing Oculus and, you know, like, oh, this looks cool. I have no idea what's happening over there. But what is the next rendition, this next iteration of point in time look like? And I'll ask you guys the same question of like, what does it look like in the future as you guys grow? Um, curious about that. Yeah, don't get me started on the future. We can talk do this for a while. Um, I started a little podcast. It's actually more work than I, I realized. Uh, it's called year2045.com. Uh, we have a few episodes out there, but I really, you know, I bring on some guests and we talk about what the future looks like. And, you know, I can nerd out on this, but, you know, really seeing, you know, interactive, immersive media and with things like COVID that have happened, it's sort of, you know, kept us home and not allow us to go out. You know, the other night I was having a hard time going to sleep. I put my Oculus on and I was um, in the beach. You know, I was in Australia sitting in the ocean 
And I kid you not, it relaxed me and I went to bed. Uh, when my wife was in labor, I put her in a relaxing environment. I think she was in the rainforest and she said actually helped her labor. So, wow. you know, now finding uses, and there's so many for virtual reality, but a step beyond that to your question, Kyle, you know, um, augmented reality, um, holographic experiences. So there's some really cool things coming out with glasses that just look like regular sunglasses that you can wear along with, um, you know, having some very, looks like kind of a little skeleton on the back of the hand, think minority report, but you want to make a phone call, you want to search the web, your phone will eventually become obsolete. It'll be like the pay phone that our kids look at and say, what is that? (laughs) (laughs) You will not be typing. It'll all be voice recognition. Mm -hmm. It'll all be, you know, using your hands, um, eye tracking. And uh, like I said, surfing the web, making phone calls, getting navigation, anything that we're doing nowadays um, will be all within that holographic experience, you know, very Star Trek. Uh, if you want a full VR, full immersive experience, you shield down and now you're in a full world outside of this world. I think day to day people are going to use what we call mixed reality where I can interact and touch things, but advertisers are already wanting to get all over this um, and just day to day use. You're going to see as the prices come down, you'll see more of it. So it's going to be a game changer with how we live our lives, just like we are now with our phones, our smartphones. I'm talking some Tony Stark stuff right there. <laughs> I feel Friday like, yes, and, uh, <laughs> yes. Art, does yeah. life imitate art or vice versa? It's I, I say, know I'm so. going to need that binocular. Yeah. You know, I need to look into that. <laughs> need to go to Australia. I, I don't know why I'm. Why well, quite I'm excited, but I know I am. That's 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 all very cool stuff. It's cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I know for us, um, the league, uh, we're excited. We we just uh, partnered with a new facility in Surprise. So we're we are on our track to have our own football stadium and our own facility with multiple fields and things that we had that's I awesome. mentioned to Karen when I first met her. That was one of my ultimate goals was to have our own facility. Um, because that that solves a problem for us because we rent with the high schools. We're very limited to certain things when it comes to the school attendance. Um, we're always bumped off the schedule. And then last minute, we're trying to find somewhere to play. We can't really market because we may not be there this weekend. So um, that's been something that I've been preaching to the owners for two and a half years that I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it. And they all kind of laughed at me. And well, I had a meeting today where it got rescheduled, but we've been been working on that for the last month. Um, and the cool thing is they gave us full um, design rights for the football portion of the facility. Wow. So I'm able to design with my background in engineering and telecom. We've designed the dome. So we'll have an indoor a full dome um, facility on one field. And then we'll have three other college, high school style fields for the league. Um, and that's all going to get rolled out to the owners on Saturday. So, yeah. And then once we get the official stuff on, that's like we're working on the 3D modeling right now for the virtual fly through. That's something I want to try to do. That's the big goal. And then from there, we can go into all the different levels that we talked about earlier about youth. And, you know, we'll have our own day at the facility to schedule whatever we want. Um, like right now, we're very limited practices where we get bumped off to, you know, we're at elementary schools because everybody takes priority over us. So, that was something I wanted to do, and that's the future. And then hopefully from there, um, once that happens, we can start rubbing elbows with, you know, the bigger arena teams and stuff like that. And that's why the production and marketing is so key right now, um, because if we can't fill the stadium up, then uh, <laughs> we're going to be in a world of hurt financially because <laughs> it's going to, you know, we're talking 4,800 seats in the stadium that we're going to try to fill. So it's going to be fun. But that's the big goal. Um, this next year, I just want to have this season. That's my ultimate thing right now. Let's yes. just have the season. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's going to be, you know, 18 to 20 months before the facility's finished. But, um, yeah, we're really trying to 
make sure our teams have something to come back to once this is all done. And I truly believe after November, we're going to see a huge shift in the dynamic in the country, in the world. So I'm just banking that that happens. So. That's awesome. When is your guys' season normally? Um, we usually start the first week after the Super Bowl. Okay. So we've tried to, I wouldn't say we've tried. The, the XFL <laughs> did it, the A. FL or whatever they were called, they've tried to capitalize on that gap because there's no like professional football happening. Arena, I guess, would be professional, but it's a very short season and Mm -hmm. they don't have big stadiums. So um, they've tried to compete with the NFL and we're not trying to compete with the NFL. Mm -hmm. I want to have a local presence of people that are used to going to Cardinals games for 16 weeks now have nothing to do. We both work for the Cardinals during the season. He works full time for them, but I work during the season. So it's a big lull. Like there's nothing, there's no, no high school, no college, nothing. So I'm trying to take the top athletes and funnel our whole league into being that kind of, to fill that void. So we can take your whole family to a, you can watch four football games right now for $5. Wow. So you go to just, like July or is it? Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, sorry. Yeah. It's um the springtime till about the end of May. Okay. We run 10 weeks yeah. and then we have playoffs. It just gets too just hot. Before preseason. Yeah. Yeah. So we try to fill that gap um, with the stadium. We might be able to go a little bit longer now because we'll have an air-conditioned dome to be in. So, but yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. a huge. We heard the uh, the Phantoms are on track for a winning season. How about the yes. Cardinals? <laughs> they are. I'm, I I'm optimistically. <laughs> I, I hope they are. Um, no, I believe that they're they're going to be way better than they have been in previous years. So. And that's all we can really hope for for now. Absolutely. Like Kurt Warner, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Kurt Warner, lucky. Uh, yeah, Kurt Warner, lucky. Yeah, I got to interview him. He was a pretty good. good yeah, guy. I got it like yes. in one or two takes. We were done. I'm like, man, that was good. <laughs> yeah, he he is a good guy. He's yeah. a professional. I'd like to know a little bit about the culture of your organizations and in general, as well as. Uh, with what's been going on right now, how do you keep people excited, motivated? Uh, how do you just keep moving forward with everything that's happening right now? Yeah, when I started uh, my business, I, I kind of took the the corporate environment that I learned at General Mills and tried to bring it into my small business. Um, and I realized that was the wrong idea. You know, I've got creatives and I want them there at eight o'clock and you had to wear it, dress a certain yes. way and blah, blah, blah. And they looked at me like, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, why am I losing people constantly? I'm like, I wonder, you know. And then I was, you know, okay, this is supposed to be a fun, creative atmosphere. So I bought a bunch of movie posters. I bought a bunch of toys. And I tried to like, okay, like Pixar the place up and made a flexible schedule. And over the years, what I've learned is that, you know, in my business with creatives, some people are, are night owls. Some people are morning people. And I tell people, look, get your work done. I don't care what hours you work, as long as you're available to me when I need to talk to you. Um, but I'm very flexible with that. If you've got family stuff, take care of the family stuff. So I definitely created a much more, more flexible atmosphere, but my people work their butt off. Mm-hmm. Our values are very simple. You know, ownership, own your work, uh, integrity, do what you say, say what you do. Um, be creative. Think on your feet and also think outside the box. Commit to excellence. Constantly be growing. Uh, have fun. You should enjoy your job. Other people see it. And be humble. Don't put yourself above others. Yeah. Um, I, I just drill this in their head from the interview process constantly, you know, and, and it's really important. I hire, fire, and evaluate by those values. Those are the foundation or bedrock of our culture. Those are very important. I have no problem letting somebody go that doesn't abide by those things. And, you know, I'd say from just a now day-to-day standpoint, we do a 10 o'clock stand-up call, 10 a.m. every day, Monday through Friday. And we talk about things we're working on, all the stuff that's happening. And so we're all actually, it's weird. I feel more connected with my team than I ever have. Because when we were here, I wasn't always here. 
Um, but now they know they can expect me every day. And we talk about everything going on and, uh, you know, talk and always start off with a quote and kind of talk about things I've been working on, my vision for the company, how things are going. And I'm very transparent. I share the numbers with my com- my team members. You know, I tell them everything. I used to be hold it really close and and not share a lot of things. And they'd wonder. And I said, you know, who wants to work at a company? You don't know if they're going to be there tomorrow. And when you open up and you're honest, all of a sudden you're getting feedback, right? And they're providing information on ideas that you weren't thinking of. So that took a lot of years for me to get to that point. But that's that's helped. We've got a very transparent, very fun uh, upbeat culture. And I've been very proud of that. So it's an illusion of control we entrepreneurs have anyways, right? Just share and let everybody yeah. know. What about, what about you guys? I saw Amy, you're getting some fingers pointed at you. Yeah, I'll let, I'll let Amy, uh, I'll let Amy talk to you about our, our culture. Um, <laughs> our culture. <laughs> we do the same thing. We try to be very, very transparent, very open. These guys are trusting us with, uh, with their money. And I want them to know that we're not out buying new cars and like legitimately every bit of money that they pay goes towards paying our bills and, and making certain that our team is in the league and that we have jerseys and we have a practice field. What I want them to know that where their money is going and what it's paying for. And so that, that's our biggest thing. And our motto is we've taken that family, but we've, uh, started it with PH. So Phoenix Hmm. Phantoms family, because we want our guys to feel like they're part of our family. And some of them are, we've got one of the players right now that lives with us. We have housed (laughs) several other players. So we want that that family (laughs) feel with our team and our guys. So that's, that's our culture is just treat us like family because that's how we're going to treat you. Yeah. So took it literally, moved on in, huh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of them won't, won't leave. What's for dinner? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I think uh, to piggyback off Amy, that's it's funny she talks about the car because the league we came from, a lot of money was put into it. I mean, each team was paying a lot of money in the players and things just weren't getting paid for. So that was one of the things that I, I, I'm semi-transparent with the numbers, right? Because we are a for-profit, so there are some dividends that get paid out and stuff. But the biggest thing from all the owners was like, as long as – you say you're going to pay for this stuff and this is what we're going to have. Whatever you make off of that. we Amy was the first one to kind of put that to everybody's head. Like, hey, we don't care what Matt makes as long as we have a field. We have refs. We know where we're playing. Mm-hmm. Like, we have a meeting. You know, things are professional and communicated. Um, our previously, the, the league owner would just disappear. I mean, literally, like, he would disappear for weeks and we wouldn't know what was going on. Like, mm-hmm. where are we at? So, I, I've tried to keep that same initial value of, of going into it. Like, um, but as we grow, I realize I will have to kind of separate myself from some of the players and I'll have to eventually start to pull back on some things, but you know, being transparent, I was going to ask you like, how does that work? You know, do you ever get an employee that's envious of, you know, making more than, Oh, we made all this money. That's, that's what I always hear. Well, Matt makes all this money. Not really. I mean, we pay for taxes. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that gets paid that people just have no idea that that even takes to run a business. You know, all they're looking at is just the flat gross revenue stream. Yeah, so that's a good question. So what changed it for me is I got to tour Zappos and I got to go to Tony Shea's apartment. Mm -hmm. And they showed me where he lives. I got to see his office. It was literally just a long desk with a bunch of other executives. Didn't have anything fancy. And he practiced a thing called radical transparency. He says, you get to come into my house. You get to see how I live. I'm going to share things with you. And, and he's completely open about it. And so I think where I struggled mentally was kind of like what you were saying. I was like, well, what if they get upset with how much I'm making versus what they're making? You know, um, and, and I should I be ashamed of that? And what I found with my business, and everyone's different, but 
I was losing good people because I wasn't, I was afraid that they might say that. And I was like, you know what? I need to start compensating them a little bit better because especially as they're with me for a long time, I need to take good care of them. So that was one of the things that I did. I said, you know, I'm going to make, in the last few years, I really made a focus on people. We've got a really awesome core team of creatives. And I said, okay, I'm going to be more transparent with them. They can see what I make. Um, you know, they see my car, they see my lifestyle because I realized at one point where I was very much living kind of below the line and feeling like I was doing them a service. I said, you know what? I want them to see my life and go, Hey, you know what? I want to aspire to that. You know, I, that's motivating me. Look at how Rami lives or how he dresses or, you know, how he carries himself. And now my job as an owner was to take better care of them financially. And so I had to buy, I bumped everybody's salary up. I said, all right, everyone's going to make more money. And then we're going to now do, you know, biannual reviews based on your performance and how well you live by our values. You have opportunities to make more money. And I had to put my, you know, um, my money where my mouth was. And it's, I'm telling you, and it's still hard. I just, um, you know, we're doing reviews right now and we're in the middle of a recession. We're doing well as a business, but I've had to continue to say, hey, well, you know what? I need to make sure I'm paying them, you know, market Mm -hmm. and above that um, to keep good people. So it is not easy. And I'll tell you that I was scared to death showing them the numbers. But as an owner, I think what people don't understand is they don't see the insurance payments. They don't see the debt. They don't see, you know, the rent. I share that with them. And guess what? They go, oh, oh my God, that's where the money goes. I get it. That's expensive. You're right. It is expensive. <laughs> I had an employee. I spent a weekend with him in LA. We were doing some work out there. And he said, you know, Rami, he was like, I see what you do. You're on the phone constantly. You're constantly dealing with stuff. He goes, I thought I wanted to own my own studio. I don't want to don't do that anymore. I want to work for you. He's like, it's hard. I'm like, yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> I, le- I learned so. that the hard way. I went into our meeting. Oh, we're going to do this, 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 this. You know, and of course, some people are like, yeah, I don't know, Matt. You know, you kind of shooting for the stars a little too much. But, you know, over the two years, we've managed to fumble through all that stuff and, you know, and, and do that. So, I mean, they would they would lose their mind if they found out how much we paid for the schools. I mean, I mean, one school is almost 40000 our first year just just to be there. I mean, they didn't even give us anything. We had to bring our own equipment in. We had to, our own staff. I just come unlock the door and go sit in the room, you know, that was it. It's like, so yeah, so having the facility is going to be a huge jump for that. And I think that's the route I'm going to go. I think you'd be surprised the reaction. And like, I, we just had up our insurance because we got these new contracts for these clients and I shared the numbers, but how much is this paid? All employees are like, holy crap. I'm like, yeah, it's expensive. You know? <laughs> so I think you'd be surprised in their reactions. I think they'll have a deeper appreciation for what you do yeah. and how much money it actually, how much it costs to run a business. I, yeah. I agree with that. And the thing that's interesting too, we've learned with Max six is, human nature, people are going to tell themselves stories in their heads, regardless of if you're sharing Absolutely. information or not. And yep. so just share it. Like if you're not, they're going to make up a story of what they think it is. And totally. they don't even know half of these expenses or what it takes to, you know, the time, the energy that it takes to actually run a business. And so, Hey, if you want to do this, great. I'm going to put you in a position to learn how to do this. And you can do this when you, uh, when you're ready, but know what this is that we're actually talking about. <laughs> yeah. And that's something we're pushing this moving forward is our new team owners have to be a business owner mindset. There's a new process. Before, they would just show up with money and the leagues let them in as owners and the teams would have half of them would fold. And, you know, when I stepped on the scene, I, I kind of came with already a business mindset. And I used to kind of think that all the other owners were idiots. Like, like you guys want to run businesses? Like, and come to find out, they had all tried that and the league owner didn't appreciate it. So I was like, okay, so if we get a new league owner... 
we'll be on the right track. So, so far it's worked pretty good as far as that, like what it takes to run a team. Um, this will be our first year where we implemented the vetting process. So we'll, we're going to see how it goes. You know, we'll see. I don't think a couple teams won't make it just because of the magnitude. I, I shell-shocked one. I told him it's about 10000 to start a team. What? Well, yeah, you got uniforms. You got practice fields. You got painted helmets. You got equipment. If you're like me, you go all out and buy swag. You buy comm <laughs> gear. You buy footballs. That, you know, like you, you do it right. And so, um, I mean, we spent probably, I think, oh, close to $2,000 just designing our logo. It's like a eighth rev or something like that by the time we finally finished the logo. And I mean, I, people don't see that kind of expense and time, you know, so. Yeah, that I think what you hit on a minute ago, the ownership mentality is, is huge. Yeah. And, and for my people, you know, that's one of our values. And I make sure that I tell them I want many entrepreneurs. I, I don't want you to leave and start a competitive business, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I want you to think like, you know, this is my baby. Whatever product I'm putting out there, whatever video, VR, whatever, that I want you to be proud of it. And I want you to, you know, make sure that it's the best work because you're only as good as the your last piece of work that you just did, right? Mm-hmm. You're only as good as that last piece of creative. So I want to make sure that they think of it like that, that it's not, I say, you know, if, if you're afraid of me yelling at you and coming down on you, then you're probably not the right fit yeah. because you should be harder on yourself yep. when you mess up yeah. than worrying about me because at the end of the day, we're trying to take care of our customer. So yeah, yeah ownership's huge. So we talked about your teams. What about yourselves? I mean, how do you keep yourself focused on your goals, motivated right now. Curious for both of you too, or, or all of you, is there anybody that you, you know, you're talking about your, your team members look, having something to aspire to. Who do you guys aspire to? Who do you guys look up to? Whether it's uh, who's your favorite player on the, about the business person, jujitsu, we haven't even got into that, but like, who are some people that you look up to? Um, and how do you stay motivated personally? Who do I look up to? Well, I tell the guys all the time that everything that I see at work, I bring to my team. I've been with the Cardinals now 14 seasons. So I've been through a few coaches and a few different coaching styles, and, but they've only had one owner. And so everything that I see at work, I bring to my team. Yeah. And I tell them that the reason that you asked the why, why do I do what I do? Well, she's sitting right there. You know, as a player... I've won championships. I have three in one national championship. You know, I've been to the big dance and we've won and we celebrated on the field. She's been in this almost 10 years and has never won. So everything that I do, I do to make sure one of these days I put a ring on the other hand <laughs> for her. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's my motivation. Cool. Yeah. I think I'll piggyback off. There's a Garth Brooks song. I don't know the title, but the line in between. He talks about, you know, on your graves, on your headstone, and the line in between is what matters. That's kind of what drives me is to just what what I leave behind, like what's left after I'm gone. Um, my namesake, you know, passed away two weeks before I was born, so I've never had a chance to never met him. And I just, all the stories I hear about my grandfather and all that stuff, it, it resonated with me to push harder to be, like, kind of feel like I, it's been bestowed on me to fulfill the legacy that never got finished. Part of it may be egotistical sometimes, but it's like it, you know, if it's not me, then who's going to do it, right? It's league's been around 30 years and nobody's ever actively pursued having their own facility. Why, why can't I just be the one that does that? And that's kind of my, awesome. what I teach my kids all the time is, you know, if you can't do something or if you're not getting something you want, 
have to do it yourself in a sense. And, and that's a more deeper conversation, but that's what's driven me to be my own business and be my own person and kind of just strive to be who it is. And as with Derek, it's my wife and kids. My wife grew up in a very low-income house in central Phoenix and, and had a rough life growing up. So um, she's very spoiled now. My kids are all spoiled, um, so, you know. But as far as who I look up to, I think it's, you know, very um, trendy. Gary V. I watch a lot of his videos and a lot of his, just his smash mouth in your face. Like, this is reality. And, um, you know, I, I try to resonate that throughout my life, too. It's like, just, you got to hit it head on. That's it. There's no other way. So, What about Amy? Let's uh, let's keep it in the football league first. And, and uh, same question to you. I mean... Uh, how do you keep yourself focused? How do you, who do you look up to? Uh, what would be your answer to this? And then, and then I'd like to ask Rami as well. So I've been thinking about this while I was listening to everybody else talk, and I hate to sound very cliche-ish, but probably more my dad. Um, my dad was very, if you're going to do something, do it right and do it mm-hmm. right the first time. Um, if you say you're going to do it, do it. If you can't do it, then tell somebody that you can't. Keep your word. And that, that's who I look up to. My dad is also pretty financially savvy and he has taught me everything that I know along with every horrible experience I've had over my life that I've learned from. And so as far as just life itself and how I am on the football field and off the football field, I attribute a lot of that to my dad. Um, also very cliche. Whatever that word is, uh, sounding. My husband. I am very fiery. I am very feisty. I am not patient. I am extremely vocal, sometimes to my own detriment. And Derek is very calming and very patient. And so I I look up to him and try to not be so harsh all the time. So that, that, and then, you know, again, uh, my son. I want to be the very best person and mother that I can be for my son. And so those are, those are my, my reasons for doing what I do and the, the things that I, the people that I look up to and, and want to be better for. I try to be the person I wish I had when I was 18. You know what I mean? Like that, I always tell people if I could go back and redo what I'm doing now when I was 18, like you did when you left your job at 22 and, I wouldn't be sitting here. I would tell you right now. I'd be somewhere else like the beach. (laughs) So what about you, Ronnie? Yeah. You know, I would say for me, it's all about mindset. You know, I, you know, read books, like think and grow rich and rich dad, poor dad. When I started my business and what really was a turning point for me was my, uh, I got remarried, have an incredible wife who's super supportive, makes a big difference. Yes. And she got me tickets, uh, which I didn't realize they're platinum seats to see Tony Robbins. So I was literally in the Mm -hmm. front row to see Tony Robbins. And I got to have lunch with Gary Vee. I mean, I got to meet all these amazing people in one day. And there was a moment where I'm closing my eyes and he's getting you to visualize, you know, all the things you're grateful for in your life. It's very emotional. I open my eyes and Tony's right there, you know, he's standing right in my face and he's a very imposing figure, you know? Um, And I got to sit and talk with him afterwards and talk about my business and what I'm working on. And it was just, it was life-changing. After that, I went out to LA. I did another one of his seminars. And, you know, for me, what I do in the morning and what he's affected, and he's got like a little picture of him on my desk, um, is is getting the right mindset. So when I get up in the morning, you know, um, I spend the first little bit, I do my exercise or yoga, I read my scripture, 
And then I go into and I do my meditation for about 10 minutes. And then from there, I've had the luxury of meeting Grant Cardone. I do my Grant Cardone planner. I plan out the day. I'm another great business person. So I have, you know, I've taken from these guys, these incredible business people, incredible visionaries. And I spend really the first hour and a half, two hours of my morning just getting my mind right. Where years ago, I would just crack open my email and whatever kind of came at me, that would be my day. If it was a good email, I'm happy. If it's a bad email, I'm upset the rest of the day. But we're now like I've trained my mind where those first two hours, I'm so set for the day, almost whatever comes at me, I can handle it. So by the end of the day, I'm not exhausted. I'm able to really rise up and handle most of the challenges that come at me. So, you know, it's, it, that's been a huge deal for me. Taking, taking mental notes over here. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. That's and, it. it helps weather storms like COVID, you know, and I, I don't watch the news because I know all this either, negative yeah. stuff coming at me. I'm like, right. I don't need it. Whatever's going to happen. I can't change what's happening. I can't change politics. I can't change or cure COVID. So I've got to do what I got to do. So, yeah. yeah. That's what keeps me motivated. Same thing. I just don't. Like, guys, I can't fix it, so we're going to work on the league. That's all we can do right now. <laughs> exactly. What's in front of me? What yeah. can I touch? What can I, what can I do? Yeah, that's good. So kind of random question as we're starting to wrap up a little bit here. Um, I asked this question of everybody that's on the show. Uh, what is your favorite book? And if it's different, what book would you recommend? I don't read a lot. I'm more into the audio books. That's fine. But, um, 360 Degree Leader is probably my favorite. It's been a while since I've read it, but that kind of set me on a different path. Of um, And then The Art of War, that's another one that I kind of just uh, randomly, I'll just open it up to a page and I'll just start reading. It's kind of one of those, I don't read it front to back. I think that's what's made me successful, not only with, you know, my eyes, but just knowing my enemy. That's probably my biggest, like, I know who my competitors are. I know where they're failing and where they're succeeding and we're going to fix up. We're going to fix the parts they're failing and we're going to be right at the same level as they're succeeding. So now we're even more, you know, ahead of the game. So, um, and I try to apply that with everything, football games, um, you know, player attitudes, all of that stuff. So those are probably my two biggest ones that pop in my head. So. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I would say to any business owner starting, definitely the E-Myth. Huge fan. Yeah. Uh, got to work uh, with Michael Gerber. Uh, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, and uh, then I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Those are like kind of the three, like you need to read if you're starting a business. The one that's changed my life in the last couple years is Profit First. And if you haven't read it, those of you haven't read it, the reason it changed my life was because it teaches you how to effectively manage your money. And, you know, he does it in such a simple way that, you know, he teaches you how to put money in different buckets, put it away where you don't see it, where you don't touch it. And I'm telling you, I would not be in the financial position I am now if it wasn't for that book. I did it the first year. I just got married. I had a good amount of debt still. And I actually, I emailed him. I was on my, on my honeymoon. <laughs> um, and, uh, and he emailed me back and, uh, and said, you know, thanks for reading this. And I said, oh my God, he's emailing me back. You know, now he's too big. You know, he's emailing me back. <laughs> but, uh, but his name is Mike. And, uh, you know, what it taught me then at first year, I said, you know, I kind of did it. And then about six months before COVID happened, I said, you know what? I'm going to go all in. I'm going to stop making excuses and saying, well, this is how I do it. I'm going to take little bits. I'm going to do it his way. And I did. And thank goodness I did because once COVID hit, you know, we had reserves. I had money set aside. I had paid down debt because I followed his program. And it sounds so silly to talk about a financial book, but it changed everything for us. So- I recommend people read it. It's it's typically, you know, right next to my bed. So Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. That's probably one of my yeah. other favorites. And, you know, speaking about financials, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have made it through our first season of the league because I 
didn't pay myself and we use that res- reservation to pay some unexpected expenses. But go ahead, Derek. I was going to say rich dad, poor dad. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not a big reader. Amy is the reader. I'll wait for it to come out on a movie. I'll wait for yep. it to come out on a regular TV show. <laughs> but her dad, which she uh, spoke on earlier, is actually the one who gave me that book. When I had to go over and ask him, you know, can I take your daughter's hand and maybe, yeah, read this book first. <laughs> read this book. So That's funny. But I know she, she has all kinds of books that, that she reads. So, hey, what, what about you, Amy? Oh, my book choices are so different than y'all's. <laughs> Fifty Shades. Um, <laughs> Romance novels. <laughs> no, no, none of those. <laughs> Fifty Shades. <laughs> no, I like like the Da Vinci Code, Harry Potter, uh, Stephen King. I love quite a few of the Stephen King novels. Uh, those are typically what I read. They just get me out of the world that I'm in. I'm very... I, what do you call that? Atypical, where you're everything has everything has to be in line and organized and OCD. And those books kind of get me out of my own head and allow me to relax. Just a second that I read. I just finished reading um, the book. It's based on the movie The Pursuit of Happiness. And uh, I normally don't read anything but business books. And I finally decided I was going to Kansas, handle my in laws for a week, in the middle of nowhere, forty acres. I said I'm going to read something different. And it, that movie is only based on like the last like tiny little chapter of that book. His whole life is incredibly fascinating what this man went through and a really, really good book. And I actually had a pleasure to meet him in person. And that's how I got the book and just an incredible speaker, incredible motivational person. And just seeing his journey, what he went through that, what you see in the movie is just a little part, but he's been through so much and he's very successful, very smart person. So another book to read. We're going to have to have you guys come back. I could spend an hour on Stephen King. That's, uh, yeah. that's <laughs> I love Stephen King. <laughs> so I guess we're just about out of time, but where can you tell anybody that's listening uh, how to find you uh, online or anything you'd like to, you know, shout out, uh, anything ending here? Pointintimestudios.com. And uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can check out what we're doing. We do a lot of behind the scenes uh, before we release a new commercial or a new project we're working on. We just wrapped up a really big project with Gila River Casino we're releasing here shortly. Um, so we got some really exciting stuff coming up that I'm very excited about. So, yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah, azcfl.com. We have all of our team uh, pages on there in our front office. And then anybody, you know, we spend a little bit of time kind of designing that site. Um to incorporate everything. So all the player stats are on there um, as far as we've played up through the four games this year, um, all the teams, contact information, all that stuff. So if there's players trying to find, um, you know, a team to play with, there's there's uh, Facebook and we have Instagram. I don't manage any of that stuff. So you just have to search it. You know, Arizona Cactus Football League, it'll pop up. So, um, but yeah, we're pretty responsive. We've got a really good marketing team behind us, at least the, the tentative to that stuff. So if you have any questions, reach out to us for sure. And then I think Eric and Amy's stuff's on the website too. If you just look for your Phantoms um, team page, all their stuff is on there too. So I found it right before the show. It is up there. (laughs) So until next time, we're off to continue building better communities where people and businesses thrive. Thank you, Rami, Matt, Derek, and Amy for being on the show today. A great conversation. And thank you, anybody listening, for being an awesome part of our community. Thank you for listening to the Max 6 Community Connection radio show and podcast with your hosts, Jennifer Burwell and Kyle McIntosh. We are off to continue building better communities where people and businesses thrive. 
and telling the stories of capitalism as a force for good through the businesses that we serve. To be a part of the conversation, join us for a tour of the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, or find us at max6.com.